0: It is officially Fourth of July, and I want to say to everyone that listens to this podcast: Have a safe Fourth of July. You tune in to A Train Sports Talk Podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Smith. Today we talk about a topic that has pretty much been in the headlines all week long. Washington Redskins. Washington Redskins nickname has been under fire for decades. Washington Redskins nickname has been mired in controversy for decades. Former team owner Jack Cook said in 1988, there is not a single, solitary, jot, tittle, whit, chance in the world that the Redskins changed their nickname. I like the name, and it's not a derogatory name. A few years later, protesters picketed against the nickname at the Super Bowl following the 1991 season. The issue faded in both instances. But every so often, it comes up again. The arc is similar each time. An initial wave of support for a name change, the risk Redskins holding firm, and finally, wanting attention to the issue. Then came George Floyd's death on May 25th at the hands of Minneapolis police. The protesters, the protests that followed led to monuments being felled, the Mississippi State flags retirement, and countless other changes throughout the nation. Washington's NFL team might be part of that change. The team put out a statement Friday saying it is going to undergo a thorough review of the team name. That marks the first time under Dan Snyder, who has owned the team since 1999, that the franchise has gone to this extent. Here's a look at some of the challenges to the Redskins nickname during Snyder's tenure. August 11, 2006 Suit Challenges Redskins Trademark Amanda Blackhorse became the lead plaintiff in a lawsuit that challenged the trademark of Washington's nickname saying it disparaged Native Americans. It was the second time that Black Horse was part of a suit challenging a trademark that protected the Redskins' name. The first one, decided in 2005, was unsuccessful. May 9, 2013. You can use caps. Snyder's strongest comment on the name happened during the 2013 offseason, as focus returned to the topic, perhaps spurred by more winning. Washington was coming off a 10-6 season under rookie quarterback Robert Griffin III. During an interview with USA Today, Snyder said, We'll never change the name. It's that simple. Never. You can use caps. September 15, 2013. Protests last the season. The Oneida Indian Nation kicked off a season-long protest campaign when Washington played at the Green Bay Packers. The group protested at every road game that season. Perhaps the biggest protest occurred in Minnesota before a game versus the Vikings when hundreds of protesters marched the streets to the stadium. Several days before the Packers game, Brandon Stevens, an Oneida Nation official, told the Milwaukee-Wisconsin Journal Sentinel. The warrior image is not the image we want to be portrayed. October fifth, two 2013, President Obama weighs in. President Obama, President Barack Obama, stopped short of saying that the name should be changed, but he became the latest politician to discuss the matter. He told the Associated Press, if I were the owner of the team and I knew that there was a name of my team, even if it had a storied history that was offending a sizable group of people, I'd think about changing it. Obama also said, I don't know whether our attachment to a particular name should override the real legitimate concerns that people have about these things. I don't want to detract from the wonderful Redskin fans that are here. They love their team and rightly so. October 10, 2013, Snyder's letter to fans Five days later, as pressure mounted and more protests took place, Snyder wrote to the fan base in the letter which represented it, which represented his most extensive comments on the controversy. Snyder defended the name by saying, Our franchise has a great history, tradition, and legacy representing our proud alumni and literally tens of millions of loyal fans worldwide. We are proud of our team and the passion of our loyal fans. Our fans sing Hail to the Redskins in celebration at every Redskins game. They speak proudly of Redskins Nation in honor of a sports team they love. Snyder also expanded on what the term Redskins means to him. When I consider the Washington Redskins name, I think of what it stands for. I think of the Washington Redskins traditions and pride. I want to share with my three children, just as my father shared with me, and just as you have shared with your family and friends. May 22, 2014. Fifty senators signed a letter protesting the name. Fifty senators, all Democrats, signed a letter to the NFL saying that Washington should change its nickname. The letter stated, The NFL can no longer ignore this and perpetuate the use of this name as anything but what it is, a racial slur. We urge the NFL to formally support a name change for the Washington football team. We urge you and the National Football League to send the same clear message as the NBA did, that racism and bigotry have no place in professional sports. The NFL issued a release to the New York Times defending the name. The intent of the team's name has always been to present a strong, positive, and respectful image, the statement read name is not used by the team or the NFL in any other context through though we respect those that view it differently. June 8, 2014 Court Rules Against Redskins The U.S. Patent and Trademark Office canceled six trademarks held by the Redskins calling the nickname disparaging to Native Americans. It cited a federal law that prevents trademark protection in cases in which language is offensive and disparaging. The Redskins appealed the decision. May 19, 2016. Washington Post poll says 90% of Native Americans not offended. In 2004, The Edinburgh Public Policy Center released a poll that said 9 out of 10 Native Americans were not bothered by the Redskins nickname. A Washington Post poll 12 years later found similar results. The Post found that 90% of 504 respondents who identify as Native Americans were not offended by the name, 7 of 10 did not think it was disrespectful, and 8 of 10 said they would not be offended if a non-Native American called them by that name. June 19, 2017 Supreme Court rules in favor of Washington. The Redskins won a victory when the U.S. Supreme Court ruled that the law, the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office used to prevent the team from registering trademarks using the word Redskins was unconstitutional. The Supreme Court said it was far-fetched to suggest that the content of a registered mark is government speech, especially given the fact that if trademarks become government speech when they are registered, the federal government is babbling babbling prodigiously, prodigiously and incoherently. The court cited a case involving an Asian band named The Slants, and the ruling that the name did not violate the First Amendment's free speech clause because contrary to the government's contention, trademarks are private, not government speech. May twenty fifth, twenty twenty George Floyd dies. George Floyd's death in police custody in Minnesota set off a chain of events that impacted Washington and beyond. Thousands of people flocked through the streets and cities across the country protesting police brutality and racism. The country's focus shifted from the coronavirus pandemic to race relations. Over the next month, statues were toppled in many cities and towns, including that of Washington's first owner, George Preston Marshall, outside RFK Stadium. The Redskins also removed Marshall's name from their Ring of fame, NASCAR banned the Confederate flag from the racetracks. The protests led to another opening for those who opposed the team name and they mobilized. July 1st, 2020, letter to sponsors on Wednesday. Ad Week reported that 87 investors and shareholders worth a combined $620 billion sent a letter to the previous week to three sponsors. FedEx, Knight, and PepsiCo, urging them to support a name change for the team. In the past, groups had protested outside stadiums and tried to change the name to the courts. This represented a targeted push at sponsors. On the day Adweek's story appeared, the Washington Post quoted multiple officials in Washington, D.C., saying the team would not be able to move back to the city unless it changes its name. The Redskins want to build a new stadium after their lease on the land in Landover, Maryland expires after the 2027 season. They have considered the site where RFK Stadium, their former home, still stands, but because it's on federal land, the opinions of politicians matter. I call on Dan Snyder once again to face that reality. Since he, does still, since he does still desperately want to be in the nation's capital, Donor Holmes Norton, a non voting delegate to the House of Representatives, told the Post, he has got a problem he can't get around. And he particularly can't get around it today after the George Floyd killing. July 2nd, twenty, FedEx statement. One person who knows Snyder well called FedEx CEO Frederick Smith, who owns 10% of the team. The person said, Snyder idolizes Smith. That's why it mattered when FedEx released a statement Thursday that read. We have communicated to the team in Washington our request that they change the team name. Another person who knows Snyder well said he had to have felt betrayed by such a statement. In 1998, the year before Snyder bought the Redskins, FedEx struck a $205 million 27-year deal for naming rights to the stadium in 2014. The Oneida Tribe of Indians of Wisconsin asked FedEx shareholders to reconsider the naming rights agreement. But shareholders voted to continue the relationship, which ends in 2025. FedEx has not said if it would sever ties now, but no sponsor has a stronger tie to the organization. The statement multiple people said was a game changer. Nike also released a statement saying, we have been talking to the NFL and sharing our concerns regarding the name of the Washington team. We are pleased to see the team taking a first step towards change. When searching for Redskins gear on Nike's website, this is what comes up. We cannot find anything for Redskins. PepsiCo has not released a statement. July 3rd, 2020, Redskins share a statement. The Redskins released a statement Friday morning. The first two paragraphs pack power. In light of recent events around our country and feedback from our community, the Washington Redskins are announcing the team will undergo a thorough review of the team's name. This review formalizes the initial discussions the team has been having with the league in recent weeks. Dan Snyder, owner of the Washington Redskins, stated, This process allows the team to take into account not only the proud tradition and history of the franchise, but also input from our alumni, the organization, sponsors, the National Football League, and the local community it is proud to represent on and off the field. One person who knows Snyder well predicted that this is the final step toward eventual change. With the owner trying to see what traditions can be preserved, this is the most serious The organization has been about a name change. The team's statement closed. We believe this review can and will be conducted with the best interest of all in mind. So I close this segment out saying, will change take place? Some have to remember Dan Snyder also owned an AFL, which is Arena Football League team, called the Washington Warriors, which he had patented and trademarked. So if the Washington Redskins or as some have called them now, the Washington football team, if should they change their name? Could we see the name the Washington Warriors or could they keep with the theme of the other professional teams in Washington? You have the Washington Nationals. You have the Washington Capitals. Could it be that we see the Washington Federals? It remains to be seen. But as of now there is deep discussion about possible name change. I'll be interested to see how this story unfolds. Welcome back. Oftentimes in this life of college sports we look for that feel-good story. For a long time, we wondered when would a 16 seed knock off a number one seed? Well, it happened when Virginia was ranked number one and got knocked off by a 16 seed. However, all that did was motivate them to come back the next year and win the national title. So in light of things that have been going on, there's been a lot of talk of when would elite black athletes start looking at going to historically black college and universities or HBCU schools? Well, about a month ago, Mikey Williams ranked above Bronnie James says that he has one on his list. Hasn't put it in concrete, but said he will have a HBCU school on his list of finals before he makes his final decision. So now we fast forward, because not only do we have someone that is talking about it, but now it has officially happened. Top hoops recruit McCoy maker chooses Howard in game changer for HBCUs. That's one right now. The question remains, will others follow suit? I've heard some in radio say, if that's where their heart is at, that's a good thing. But if it's a PR stunt, Or if it's about me. But right now. Makura Maker. Has inked. And said he will. Be attending Howard University. The 611 star goes on and says he hopes his decision inspire others to consider historically black colleges. It was seen as somewhat of a tease when McCurr-Maker made a recruitment visit to Howard University last fall before shifting into a serious discussion. What if a five-star recruit opted to play college basketball at a historically black university? That what-if discussion became reality Friday morning as Maker, the number 16 player the ESPN 100 announced on Twitter that he would be attending Howard University in the fall. That's big news. Now, before I go any further, I am expecting a call in guest. So we might not get to dive into this story as of right now like I really want to but I will get back into this story because this is basically history being made because these things don't normally happen. You know, the article did say, you know, it, there have been guards come through, but maker is the first Five-star to commit to an HBCU since ESPN started ranking prospects
1: in 2007. Right now, right now we're getting ready to go to the phones. And uh, we'll come back to this article about Howard University, Inc. and a five-star recruit. right now on the phone, my good time friend, we rub elbows together at a radio station here in town. He's very knowledgeable about his sports, and I can be the first to tell you, if you get him started, you just say three letters, WWE, my good friend, David Mitchell, also known as the Show Me State Goon. David! Well, you know, I'm just trying to make moves happen and trying to get this podcast to a level where it will eventually be heard on a national national basis. And I'm working on that. I, I got some people that I'm trying to work and effort to get going on here. So, but you know, we hey, start, start with people like you, my good friend.
2: Likewise, happy for you, like you. Well, all righty then. yes we do yes we do I heard him say that. Mm -hmm. Before, you know, when the actual
3: regular season starts mid-March, all the way, you know, it's running, you know, World Series is ending by November
2: now, Right. right? Exactly.
0: So, so basically what you're saying is they're carrying 40 pitchers. Normally, they start using their bullpen by the fifth or sixth inning. With that being said, that means they're going to start using their bullpen by the first or second inning. Exactly. just might be right now since you referenced in the football the story that has been picking up steam a lot this week you can either put the last name on them if you want to this is my podcast i don't care what you say i really don't have a dog in the fight unless we want to bring up the odd couple said about it but that team known as washington yeah now i'm gonna give you right here's my teaser i will say i got a couple of names i think they can go with because you have to know Daniel Snyder's history, and I'm, right. I'm going to give you a little insight. A lot of people don't remember that Daniel Snyder actually owned one of the AFL's, Arena Football League teams. Yeah. And he had the naming rights to that team. So now I'm going to let the cat out the bag. Mm-hmm. The name of that team was the Washington Warriors. Yeah,
3: right. That would be a good one.
0: Now... Here's this. Now here's this. If they want to move back to Washington, they can keep up with the theme of the other teams that are there. You have the Washington Nationals baseball team, the hockey team of the Washington what Capitals, Capitals, right? Mm -hmm. So this would be a total rebrand. I don't know how many people will go for this, but that. Land that they want to get back on and play is federal land. Yep. They're the name, the Washington Federals.
3: Or, or not, so, no, not sure who owns the naming rights, but let's bring the Washington Senators to the NFL.
0: Washington, Washington Senators. Writes, that yeah.
3: You heard the Washington Senators before they left baseball. That's who is now the Minnesota Twins. Right? You know, so, yeah. we could, you know, I think, look, Rick, I, it's been said long ago, this isn't the first time that this fight over changing the name of the Redskins has been brought up. Right. Right? And last time, you know, I think what David Daniel Snyder, Nike, and FedEx. Nike pulled all their merchandise off of the uh, uh, website. Mm-hmm. And then FedEx, who, if they're their biggest sponsor about the name, you know, naming rights to the stadium. And, you know, so that we already know that's a big chunk of change. And uh Daniel we know Daniel Snyder's just like uh some uh owners that we know that don't like to get money back.
2: Right. Uh, right. <laughs> but uh <laughs> so, so why would
3: he want to give back, you know uh who you knows? you know, hundreds of millions of dollars in naming rights. So, I heard he's going to pay, and I don't want to say it like that, like he's been pregnant, but he is. But this is something with him that's been going on for decades.
2: Yeah.
3: With the, the Redskins, that's what people, you know, in, in, you know the, the, that are, you, know, you hear on talk shows that call in, uh, why are they doing it? No, this, with the Redskins fight, it's been, you know, I'm 45 and I know you're not much older than me, a little bit,
0: right. I'm fifty two years old. I'll be fifty three on the nineteenth of July. I hope everybody hears that. <laughs> and uh,
3: they've been that fight to change
1: their name has been going on since you know you were a little kid. Right. Right? It just catches
3: steam, and then doesn't get in front of the right people and just whatever whatnot, and they stop. Right? Just mm-hmm. like with the Cleveland Indians. Nobody wanted to change the name of the Cleveland Indians. It was the mascot being portrayed.
0: Right. Right?
3: That's what that's the only thing with that, that is change. But for, for people to think it's stupid to change that name, you need to go research St. John's University, right? St. The
0: John's, St. John's Red Men.
3: They, they used to be called the Red Men, right? And if any Native American anybody knows about Native American history, that somewhat by some Native Americans is looked at as a race to Native Americans. Yes. And uh, St. John's University, maybe that. Back 90s came from the Red Men to the Red Storm.
2: Mm-hmm. Right? Top and strong. But, like
3: a good friend of ours, has stated, what do we do about here? Let's look at that in locally.
0: What do we do about North High? Exactly. Right? They've been known as the
3: Red Men since they, that is the second oldest high school in the city of
0: Wichita. Right. So and their motto is. But,
3: like uh, our friend said, they, they, they Supported and support the Native American community here in Wichita have real good school size with the Mid American Indian Center. Mm-hmm.
2: Right?
3: So, do we look at if, and that's the same nickname, right?
2: Right.
0: So,
3: do we look at them? You know, it is it, just, I think, with the NFL or even major sports, professional sports, money's involved, right? And when money's involved, things will get done. Yeah. Right. So on our level back here, money's not involved and know you know, the Native Americans they do you know, they do some stuff during the school year at the school. So that's kind of a tricky bridge to cross and hopefully
0: in our situation here at home, cooler has a prevail. Exactly. And now now uh
3: let's see moving forward, uh, let's we got we gotta talk about a little round call because you know, uh, there's near India and uh, David Silver, and they're still trying to get this, uh, you know, whatever that they're trying to do, get it pulled off. And right. You know, did, I, did I read correctly that nine players uh tested positive coronavirus?
0: That could be that could be very well, and you know, I hate, I even hate to change the. Tone of where we're going basketball wise. I still want to keep basketball, but here's a story that you probably haven't heard that will probably eventually be picking up some steam. McCure Maker chooses Mm -hmm. Howard in a game changer for HBCUs. Oh, yes,
3: I did see that.
0: Now, stop and think of.
3: Yes. He had offers to
0: UCLA,
3: Kentucky. You know, your your normal college basketball blue blood.
2: Mm-hmm. And
3: we to H B C U. And I love what, that's where that's going. And I, uh before we go any further with that, I want to give a big shout out to my uh one of our good friends, Omar Martin. Five years ago, Omar and I started a little group called New Vision H B C U. What it is is took my son Jordan, his son Jamar and their friend and took them to campus distance, not not totally for uh athletics. You know, we were we always had a academic and took them on tours to HBCU. We took them to Langston University
2: in
3: Oklahoma, yeah. Texas Southern and Houston.
0: Dominion White Institute's, yeah. If the uh, the star, five-star recruit is only going to be there
3: for half the season, but you guys love him because he's playing for you, and he's going to bring a lot of money to your university, and he's going to be a first-round pick in whatever sport he plays. What happens when he
0: goes elsewhere? Exactly. Yeah, it does. Because, see, now that you said football, think of how many NFL players that actually came from HBCU oh, school. Man, we, 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 we could have a conversation on that for a whole another hour.
1: I think it was the Broncos.
3: Was. But anyway, at the beginning of the game, the very beginning of the game, the NFL honored, I believe, everyone or every Hall of Famer. It was like 50 at least. The
2: mm-hmm. so, so who's in it?
3: When you look at it, it's like, wow, we're talking Walter Tate, Jerry, Bryant,
0: Jerry Rice, Deacon Jones, Trahan, Harold Owen. Deacon Jones, back in the day, the one who invented the head. He says he didn't invent the head slap, but if he yeah. did
1: he sure did perfect it. <laughs> but, you know, they, they all came. They were honoring and showing that it, you know,
3: they came from HBCU, right? Right. So, you know, that's, that is a cool trend to see going, and, and I hope it continues to pick up the theme. Rob Parker and Chris Bizarre and Dennis Yard are three of the people that I've
0: seen on national shows. Yeah, I'm freaking right, and yeah, go, go, I, matter, f- f-
3: matter
0: of matter of fact, feel yeah,
3: more comfortable.
0: yeah. As a matter of fact, I was able to get in on the Odd Couple show the other day as I was driving in my car, and they snuck me in. I didn't have to stay on the phone for no hour. I was on the phone probably about ten minutes at the most, because the NFL is going to be playing, having the song played or performed the Negro National Anthem lift every voice. But I took it a step farther. I said, now it's time for the NBA to step up. Yes, they do. Honor Black History Month. But during that whole month, I think this song should also be played. Because if you stop and think of it, when an American team has to go over to Canada, they play the National Anthem and the Canadian Anthem. Well, if you really want to honor Black History Month, I think Lift Every Voice should be played in every arena every day that the game is played during Black History Month. You know,
3: know, my only drawback to the NFL in this whole situation is I think they're doing it for publicity. And I'm not talking about playing that national anthem. I've been all for that.
2: Mm-hmm. I'm
3: talking about their whole stance now on the, everything that Colin Kaepernick was kneeling for, that they shut him out for, blackballed him. Let's, let's call it what it is. They blackballed that man mm-hmm. for his belief. And now that it was, you know, the, the, the tragic murder of George Floyd for the whole world to see, oh, now we, we oh, we're sorry, Colin. We, we, we support Black Lives Matter. We support you, kneeling. Gonna allow everybody to kneel, right? Yeah. That's to me. That's my. best on the show because where would you at four years ago? You know, right. where you know all these others coming out. yep, we support you. No, you guys didn't support him then. Very few players you know, stood by their convictions and stood by him. One in particular, and I'm you know I'm a diehard Dallas Cowboys fan. i will ride, Hey, I'm rocking Eric Reed's jersey. Mm-hmm. Eric Reed. Eric. Play, I believe he was traded from the 49ers to Carolina. The first thing he told them was, uh, the uniform
2: doesn't change, I'm still feeling Right? Yeah. And, uh, you know, they blackballed him. I mean, you know, speaking of blackballing, every athlete, professional athlete,
3: doesn't matter what sport they play, mm-hmm. every athlete in the, that plays professional sports that you know, has free agency or any type of collective contract bargaining owes a debt of gratitude to the late great first
2: blood first
3: blood right. took the major league baseball to court for an antitrust because he won it out of his contract he won that suit and never played another game again because he wanted to play so modern free agency and free sport, as we know it is all
0: owed back to that man Alrighty. and I mean, a, lot of, a lot of people don't you
3: know you know that's one name when it comes to uh, playing innings for sports that gets lost in the shuffle with the, with the Jack Robinson and with the John Carlos and Tommy A.C. You mm-hmm. know, people don't realize. Uh, and, and, and Craig Hodges. Remember Craig Hodges from
0: the board? Craig Hodges. Man. All he did was flip a note.
3: The president Bush, And next thing you know, he never played a game again. So, but uh, Anthony? I hate to cut this conversation
2: with you short, buddy. But I, I, uh, I appreciate you
3: having me on the podcast. Look forward to doing it again. Oh yes. All you listeners out there, happy
0: fortunate for my weekend. I hope everybody stays safe and wakes up the next day with the same amount of toes and fingers that you woke up with the day before. And hey, I absolutely. I not, and have a good day. Once again, thanks, David Mitchell, for joining me on my podcast. I'll be back with some more. So I'm back, and I want to get back into this story that I started. Um, once again, I want to thank my good friend, David Mitchell, for joining me. He's a local guy. We work together at the same radio station as board operators. Uh, I stayed around a little bit longer than he did, so I had the opportunity to get on and do a show with a future guest I'm going to have on. His name is Rick Thomas. He has had a show on there called Run the Table. But I'm going to get back into this story because I think it's a historic moment. And it could be, well, the story, the headline itself said it's a game changer. And I believe it is. Because uh, so if you go back a couple of months, Mikey Williams has voiced his opinion about putting the HBCU school on his list of schools. Seriously will be making visits to check them out. And then you have McCord Maker who chooses Howard. And that could be a game changer. And could very well change the landscape of college basketball. Whether these are one and done, whether these are two and done. Or he may get there and, like the college atmosphere, may stay two or three years. You never know. But it was seen as somewhat of a tease when maker made a recruitment visit to Howard University last fall before shifting into a serious discussion. What if a five-star recruit opted to play college basketball at a historically black university? That what-if discussion became reality Friday morning as Maker, the number 16 player in the ESPN 100, announced on Twitter that he would be attending Howard University in the fall. I need to make the HBCU movement real so that others will follow, Maker wrote. I hope I inspire guys like Mikey Williams to join me on this journey. I am committing to Howard University and Coach Kenny Blakini." His Twitter announcement came out like this. I was the first to announce my visit to Howard and other started to dream. What if I need to make the HBCU movement real so that others will follow. I hope I inspire guys like Mikey Whip to join me on this journey. I'm committed to Howard University and Coach Kenny Blachini. Hashtag maker mob. So this is a huge deal. The Twitter announcement. At 3.38 a.m. Friday, came 12 hours after Maker announced his final four college choices, Howard, UCLA, Kentucky, Memphis. Maker, who was born in Kenya and whose family is from Sudan, had originally planned to announce his college decision on July 9th, which is South Sudan Independence Day. Maker is the first five stars to commit to an HBCU since ESPN started making prospects ranking prospects in 2007. We're not sure what this is going to look like, said Blakini earlier this week, but we're beyond excited. Maker is a 6'11 center with exceptional ball handling skills, which will provide Blakini quite a few options to use his talents. While there have been historically Black college and university HBCU teams with exceptional guards, through the years, Having a talented big man at that level is rare. But just before transferring to Hillcrest Prep in Phoenix, where he finished his high school career, Maker was one of two five-star recruits to visit Howard last year. Joshua Christopher, the number 11 player in the class, was the other. That reignited the debate on whether it was possible for one of the nation's top recruits to attend an HBCU. Makers' visit to Washington in October came during Howard's homecoming, where possible recruits can easily be seduced by the star power of the weekend that in 2019 included performances by D-Baby, Juvenile, and Kanye West. Getting two of the nation's best high school talents to pay an official visit to and HBCU is unheard of, especially when major schools such as Kentucky and UCLA have so much to show with the tens of millions of dollars that their athletic programs pull in each year. Yet Maker and Christopher said their visit was not just for show. I would never waste anyone's time, said Christopher, who opted to attend Arizona State. During his visit to Howard, Maker discussed changing the narrative when it came to a top player attending an HBCU. I think we're starting a different culture with the top recruits coming, to, coming in to visit here and taking this seriously, Maker told the undefeated. Before scrimmaging with the Howard basketball team, a lot of HBCUs are being overlooked. Maker, who was raised in Australia before coming to the United States in 2015, came away from the visit in press. There's a lot of business opportunities, a lot of black leaders here, Maker said during his visit. I've seen the alumni. I spoke to the president. The opportunity is here. It seems like everybody is all in together. Everybody knows each other, he added. The culture is definitely here. I've never seen anything like it. Maker will enter a freshman year that will be entirely different because of because the global pandemic will affect how the college experience looks current Black Lives Matter movement has also impacted the mindset of many young black people who participated in protests that followed the killing of George Floyd in police custody on May 25 in Minneapolis. Like many five-star athletes, Maker could possibly be a one-and-done player if he opts to join the 2021 NBA draft. He'll attempt to join his cousin, Detroit Pistons forward, Don Maker, in the NBA, a cousin, Mature Maker, plays for the Rio Grande Valley Vipers in the NBA G League. Makur Maker declared for the NBA Draft in April. He was listed as the number seventy-five prospect on the ESPN One Hundred list of best available players for the twenty-twenty draft. So there you have a game changer, and possibly a new trend starting to happen. you have to understand the narrative that they had two elite players visit their campus which that's unheard of so could we be seeing a new trend it remains to be seen this is Anthony Smith I'm host of the A-Train Sports Talk podcast thanks for listening have a safe What did you love?